Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. I mean, I'm talking about extremely special. My mom is in church today, visiting all the way from Nashville. And mom, I won't, I won't make you stand up and twirl around for everybody, but um, I, I do want to tell you just publicly what I try to tell you privately um, as, as much as I can. I thank you so much for, um, for, from the day that I was born, pointing me to Jesus. I thank you from the day that I was born that you and dad made a priority uh, for me to be in church. And uh, I'm so thankful that my mom, growing up, never made church optional. I'm so thankful for that. Um, and I try to tell you that as much as I can. I'm talking about like every time the church was open, it wasn't optional. And so I just, I thank you for that because it instilled in me a love for God's word. It instilled in me a love for his church. And I just honor you in front of all these people. I love you so much. And I'm so thankful that you're here. Come on. Come on one more time. We can, we can honor my mom. Hey, if you have your Bibles, I would love for you to turn to uh, Psalm 139. This is where we're going to be hanging out a little bit today, Psalm 139. We're going to have other scriptures, but that's kind of the main one for today, Psalm 139. And here's the awesome thing. If you don't have a Bible, we have a Bible for you, okay? Uh, so we, uh, we've, been, we've been working really hard to get some Bibles. So listen, like we love the Bible, um, and we want, if you don't have one, we'd love to get one in your hands. Uh, we know that there's some technology-free versions of, available, but I love getting my fingerprints on my Bible. And so if you don't have one and you would like one, we're going to have free Bibles, like free. You don't have to, no strings attached. You don't have to fill nothing out. You don't have to get blood. You don't have to do anything. Like if you just want to, if you don't have a Bible and you would like a Bible, um, listen, the amazing people that give so generously and faithfully, they've already bought it for you. And so you can go right out these doors on the right side. If you're walking out, you'll see an area called info. That's where you can actually find those Bibles. If you don't, we'd love to give you one. Uh, we're in week number three of our very first series as a church that we're calling I Was Made For More. And here's, here's the theme verse for this series. It's actually John 10, 10, where Jesus is talking. And Jesus says, I came so that they can have real and eternal life. And here's the key phrase, a more and better life, a more and better life than they have ever dreamed of. And here's kind of what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying that the best life that you and I could possibly live is found actually following him. Not any other relationship, not any amount of money, not any amount of possessions, but the best life that we could ever live, a more and better life, is found following Jesus. So if you're here today and you've ever had the thought, I was made for more. I was made for more than what my life is or what my cubicle looks like. I was made for more than what my current life is. I don't know how I got here, but I was made for more. You're in a good place today because Jesus says that I've actually come to give you that more and better life that's already inside of you that you're wanting. And so in week number one, um, we talked about I was made to know God, that everything starts with having a personal relationship with God. And then last week, we actually talked about I was made to find freedom. And if you didn't, um, maybe listen to those, maybe you weren't able to be here, we actually have an audio podcast on iTunes 
And we have one that is on Spotify. So you can go back and actually listen to those messages. Or maybe it's one that, that you liked. Maybe you could share that with somebody that you're like, hey, you need to listen to this. Kind of that subtweet by, by giving somebody, you know. Um, but this week, we're going to be talking about, so if you want to write this title down, I was made for purpose. That the more and better life that Jesus has for you, it includes the fact that you and I were made for purpose. So let's pray and then we'll dive into God's word. God, we love you and we thank you for being here with us. And right now we lean in because God, what I know is that you wanna speak to each and every one of us. And so God, would you open up our ears to hear you and our eyes to see you today as we, as we talk about your word. And God, I pray that each and every person that when we walk out of here, we're a little bit different than when we walked in. And God, we give you permission to do whatever you want to do. And God, we pray in Jesus' name that the Bengals will win by multiple touchdowns. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. 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 Hey, if you could ask God one question, if you could ask God just one question and you knew that you would get the answer, what would you ask? I imagine that for some of you, you would ask like very deep philosophical questions, you know, questions about the meaning of life or maybe that one passage of scripture that never has quite computed in, inside your mind and you'd ask God this question. Now, I actually came across an article that I thought was absolutely precious of kids and questions that they would ask God. And I picked out some of my favorites. Is it cool if I share it with you? Is it cool? Is it cool? Okay. Well, here, here's a couple of them. Um, this is from Jacob. He says, dear God, are you a ninja? <laughs> Uh, is that why I can't see you? Okay, that makes perfect sense in my mind. I don't know if I'm like, I, yes, yes, Jacob, I've had that thought, okay? What about this next one? This next one says, dear God, did you mean for a giraffe to look like that or was it an accident? Norma, was that, was that on purpose? Like, it's kind of like when a picture gets stretched, you know, like it's kind of, here's the next one that I saw. I thought this one was funny. Dear God, I have scary dreams at night. Where do they come from? Or should I ask the devil that? You know, like, okay, should I, should, I, should I ask him or should I ask you? Do you, is that you? I don't know, you know. Um, here's the next one. It says, dear God, my turtle died. Is she there with you? If so, she likes lettuce. Okay, don't, don't forget, you need that lettuce in heaven. Susie, Susie with this great reminder. This next one isn't a, isn't a question, but I thought it was so funny. Dear God, please change the taste of asparagus. It's grass. It's grass, thanks, thanks. Like, in faith, thank you, thank you for answering this. Sarah, Sarah, that's funny. <laughs> I don't care who you are, that's funny, that's funny, you know. If you could ask God one question, and you knew that you would get the answer, what would you ask? I came across this week a survey that asked that very question. And it was, it was this survey of random Americans. Some were believers, some weren't believers. So it was framed in a way that said, if there was a God and if he was real, and if you could ask him one question, what would be that one question? And you, and, and you knew you would get the answer. And here's the number one answer out of this, out of all the people asked, believers, non-believers, people from all different walks of life, and the answer was, why am I here? Why am I here? 
Another study that I came across, it said that 87%, 87%, so that would be the majority of us in this room, don't know their purpose. That 87% of people, if they had to take some honesty, you know, some potion and said, hey, 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 do you know your purpose? 87% would be like, I don't. I don't know my purpose. Now, the Bible, it actually has a whole lot to say about purpose. And so let me read just really quickly three passages that I want to read. I want to read them back to back to back. And I want you to see if you can find the pattern. Because I think there's a pattern in Scripture that, that God wants to show us today. And the first is in Psalm 139. We're going to start in verse 13. And David, he writes this, talking to God, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body, and you knit me together in my mother's womb. And I, I imagine he's looking at a mirror when he's saying all this, these next couple sentences. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. You know, and he looks at himself that way. He says, your workmanship is marvelous. You, you know, it was a guy. You know, because a guy, it doesn't matter what they look like. You know, they're going to look in the mirror and be like, your workmanship is marvelous. You know, can't even see your feet because their belly, it's over, you know. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. He even says it. And then verse 15, it says, you watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Galatians chapter 1, verse 15 and 16, it says, But even before I was born, God chose me, and he called me by his marvelous grace. Then it, then it pleased him to reveal his son to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. And then in Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5, this is actually God talking. And God says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart. I gave you a purpose and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Three different verses all screaming this one very important message, and it's this. Before you had a pulse, you had a purpose. That before you even started breathing, that God put purpose and destiny into your life, that he made you so intricately, and that every single detail of your life is intentional, it's purposeful and thought through, Listen, church, you need to hear this. This is for somebody. You are not an accident. You are not a mistake. You are not insignificant. And you are not randomly just sucking oxygen on this planet. No, you are breathing for a reason. And if your heart is beating and there's breath in your lungs, God is not done with you. And he has a purpose for your life. And the Bible teaches us clearly that every person is created on purpose and for a person, and for a purpose. That every person is created on purpose and for a purpose. In other words, the Bible teaches us that if you were born, you were born with a purpose, and that includes me. And I think it's very easy to be like, oh yeah, I get that, I get your purpose. So you, you moved to Cincinnati, Started a church, that's your purpose. 
You're going to do that till the day you die? Okay, cool. That's great. Going to love and serve this city. Try to see as many people as humanly possible come to know Jesus. Okay, that's your purpose. But listen, you have a purpose. And look me in the eye. You have a purpose. And you have a purpose. And that you have a purpose. And that God has something very specific for you. And that you have a purpose, young man. That you have a purpose. It's not just me. It's not just when you hold this, that every single person breathing on planet earth has a God-given purpose. You are not just here to pay bills. You are not just here to build the biggest 401k that you can and then leave it here. That's not why you're breathing. And so let me give you two disclaimers to the rest of everything I got to say, because if you don't get these two things, the rest that I have to say, it'll just be a just right over, okay? So kind of two disclaimers. Here's the first one. You will never discover your purpose apart from Jesus. I think it's important that you get that. You need to understand where I'm coming from and that I believe that you will never discover your purpose apart from Jesus. Never forget that the more and better life that we've been talking about, it comes from Jesus, where he says, I came so that they can have a more and better life, which includes purpose. So the, me- the, so the more and better life, it includes Jesus. So no Jesus, no more and better perfect life. And so it, everything starts with making a decision to follow Jesus, everything. And then he will begin to show you and take you through a process that will help you discover what your purpose is. And here's the cool thing. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you right now, I'm going to give you a chance. If you've never made that decision, I'm going to give you a chance to make that decision a little bit later. In fact, last week alone, we have 14 more people make the decision to follow Jesus. That's awesome. That's awesome. And let me tell you what's even better is that the, the first three weeks of our church, we've had 66 people make that decision to follow Jesus. Come on, we can celebrate that. <laughs> By the way, we will never, ever, 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 ever stop celebrating that. Ever. Because that's why we're here. That's why God's called us here is because we want to help as many people connect and meet Jesus and make the best decision of their life to follow Jesus. So just so you know, that never gets old. And so disclaimer one, you have to understand that you will never discover your purpose apart from Jesus. And here's kind of the second disclaimer, is that I'm not crazy enough, I'm crazy, but I'm not crazy enough to think that by the end of this message, you will fully know the complexity and uniqueness of your very specific God-given purpose. I get it. I preach good. I don't preach that good. You know what I'm saying? Um, Listen, here's what you need to understand. Discovering your purpose is a process. It is a process. It's not going to happen in 25 minutes, okay? Uh, But here's my goal today. I have two main goals today. Number one is to get you to buy into the fact that you do have a God-given purpose. That's what this whole first part has been about. It's for you to be like, okay, I buy that. I buy that. That God does have a purpose for me. And then here's the second, to stir up something inside of you, to have a desperate desire to discover what that is. That's my two goals today, is for you to buy into the fact that you are created for a purpose by God. And then second, I want to stir things inside of you to be like, I've got to figure out what it is. Because here's why. There's so much truth in this one quote from Mark Twain, and and I I love this quote, where he says, the two most important days of your life 
are the day you were born and the day you find out why. So how? How can you begin to discover what your purpose is? Um, So I wanna give you three things today that when you put them together, it's almost like connecting the dots. That when you begin to connect the dots of these three things, you can begin the process of discovering what your purpose is. And here's the first one, you can write this down, is my personality. It's, it's my personality. That God created you so uniquely with a very specific personality. All those quirks, all those things, like, like God put that there. That God created you with a very specific personality. Psalm 139, let's read that again in verse 13. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex, exactly the way that you wanted me to be with my personality and how, you know, we all take these personality types and we all come with different answers. Your workmanship, God, is marvelous. When I see the results of that, your workmanship, how you made us, I'm a piece of art that your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You are truly one of a kind, and God made you that way. That God created you so uniquely, not only with a specific personality, but also he made you with specific gifts. That he put on the inside of you specific gifts, these talents, these abilities that are really woven into who you are. Things that you just are naturally good at or things that like maybe other people are horrible at and then other people are so good at. You know, it's even like how we see the room. We see the room differently. Like some of you come in and you just see all these people and you're like, this is awesome. I want to see everybody and I want to talk to everybody and I want to connect with every single person that's here and I want to know everybody's name and you just want to connect with everybody. Some of you walk in the room and you see it totally different. You see somebody that's sitting by themselves and you're like, oh, look at that one person that's sitting all by themselves. I want to go and I want to be with them. I want to make sure they know that they're not alone. Other you, you come in and you see every little piece of trash that's on the floor. And you're like, I don't like that. We need, somebody needs to come around. You may got a vacuum because I want to vacuum. I want to vacuum something. I got to vacuum. The, the spirit just told me to vacuum something. So I'm going to vacuum something. You know, and that we're all made with, with these, different, these different gifts, that God wired all these things on the inside of you. And throughout the Bible, God talks about these very specific spiritual gifts that he gives us. In fact, in Romans chapter 12 and verse 6, it says that we, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us, that all of us have gifts that are put there by God. And this is kind of the principle, if you want to know this, like, here's what we believe, is that when you think about all those different things, when you think about your personality and the gifts that God's put on the inside of you, here's the principle, write this down, that we believe that your design reveals your destiny. That how God wired you, it actually points to what you should be doing in life. And so your design, it reveals your destiny. And that's why we do the growth track is to help you discover your purpose. That's the main reason why we do that every single week. And I would love for every single person that calls this church your home to go through the growth track. It's so important. And so all we ask is that you give us two weeks. It's three steps, but we actually have just two weeks in a classroom. And it's right after service. It's right down the hall to the right. We're actually gonna be doing it today. We're gonna start with step one today. 
But there's two steps that are in the classroom. The first one today, it's all about like our story. It's all about our DNA, who we are, our vision. You'll hear all about that. I'm teaching that one. And then the next week, well, that should be step two. And step two is all about discovering your design. And so what we'll do in that week of the growth track is we'll actually take you through this personality test where you'll get to see, it'll kind of like read your mail and like it'll tell you exactly how you're wired and all these things. And then it will end up, we'll take a spiritual gifts test and you'll see all these. And it's so cool. It's so much fun. Like we did it last week and there's some people that are in the room right now I'm seeing that did that. And what's cool is that every single time that we do that, Every single time we just see people's like, like these light bulbs go off. They're like, oh my gosh, yes. That's what, like, and you can just see it. And so that's something that, that, we, that we desperately want to do. And so at the end of all that, at the end of those two weeks, our whole goal is that you discover what your purpose is. You discover how God wired you so that you can jump on what we call our dream team. And here's the whole goal with our dream team. It's kind of like our code for volunteers, and a lot of times, if you've, if you've ever had any church experience, a lot of times you may hear somebody always talk about, we need more volunteers, we need all these things. Listen, here it's a little bit different. We don't want to put you where we need you to be. We want to put you where you need to be. There's a very big difference. See, I'm telling you, we will never stand up, up here or any other place, and point a finger and say, we need more people, and we're going to guilt you, that we need more people in the nursery, and so we need more people to hang out with the babies, and to do that, and just go and sign up right now in the lobby. Go. We do it. you feel terrible if you didn't, okay? Never. We don't want to do that. You know why? Because not all of you will be good in the nursery. I'd be awful in the nursery. I'm super awkward with any kid outside of my own. I'm like, I don't know what to do with this little baby. I don't know. But here's the cool thing. Some of you are made by God to minister to babies. And so we just don't want to force somebody to go hang out with babies. We want to find people that are wired, that God has given a specific personality and a specific gifts and a passion to be able to go and minister to babies. It's a very different philosophy. We don't do grow track for us. We do grow track for you. So it's really important for you to understand that. So one way you can find is your personality. Here's a second way, is my passions. Is my passions. So what do you love? What, when you do it, makes you feel alive? What fires you up? What can't you shake? What keeps you up at night and makes you jump out of the bed in the morning? What are you passionate about? And maybe some of you, you're passionate about music or art, photography. Maybe some of you are passionate about kids or some of you are passionate about coffee or our city or sports or social justice. Whatever it is, I believe that God most likely put it in there. And I like to call it this. Like one of the ways that, that I like to say like those passions, I like to call it when God puts it in there, a divine burden. There's a divine burden that God put on the inside of me. And in Exodus chapter two, it tells the story of Moses. And I don't have time to read everything, but let me tell you just a little bit of cliff notes. In, in the Bible, in Exodus chapter two, there's a guy named Moses and he was an Israelite, but he was hanging out in Egypt and he saw an, an Egyptian soldier actually beating up an Israelite slave. 
And so there was something on the inside of him that rose up. There was a passion that was on the inside of him. And he actually killed the Egyptian. That's not good. Okay, I just want to make sure that, that, that we're on the same page, that that's not a good thing. That's not like the best response to what was actually happening. Like your passions don't give you permission to do whatever you want to do, but God did put that passion on the inside of Moses. And I want to make sure that you understand that because if you read the next chapter in, Genesis, in Exodus chapter three, Moses, what he does is after he does it, he runs away in shame and he ends up in front of a bush that is supernaturally on fire, but not burning. And God actually speaks to him through this bush. And when God speaks to him, he actually says, hey, you know what, Moses, you know that thing that you felt like disqualified you, that you ran away from? I actually put that in there. And I'm not just going to take it away from you. In fact, I just want to redirect it because I want you to lead my people out of slavery in there. See, he put inside of Moses this passion for social injustice for his people. Now he used it the wrong way, but then God redeemed it and said, no, I put that on the inside of you. Don't run away from it. Let me redirect it. It's a really cool story. And so here's why it's so important for you to know what your divine burden is, because I believe that your divine burden often reveals your divine direction. That whatever you're passionate about, whatever fires you up, whatever your divine burden is, in other words, it's like this neon flashing light that's pointing, saying, this is what you should do. So how do you discover your purpose? Maybe you start with my personality, then my passions, and then here's number three, my pain. My pain. See, all of us have experienced pain. In fact, you've either just gone through pain, you're currently experiencing pain, or you're going to be experiencing pain in the near future. So you're like, come on, pastor, be more positive. Okay, I'm positive you will be going through some pain at some point. Uh, but some of you have been through some real pain. Look me in the eyes, church. I'm here to tell you that your pain has a purpose. That it's not wasted. That your pain has a purpose. In fact, the pain that you've walked through gives you authority in that very area that you never would have had unless you experienced it. In fact, let me put it this way, that your words in that area carry so much more weight because you've went through that same exact thing. Listen, from personal experience, God can and he will use your pain. That God can use the addiction in your life. That your bankruptcy, your divorce, the loss of your child, your eating disorder, your abuse, your unexpected diagnosis, that God can use the pain in your life. In fact, I can't think of a better way to kick the enemy in the teeth than to take something that was intended to destroy us, fight through it, redeem it, and then use it to help others. I can't think of a better way. And I love what Romans 8 says in verse 28. It says, and we know 
that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And here's the principle, write this down. God uses everything in your life to fulfill his purpose for your life. Everything in your life to fulfill his purpose for your life. I'll close with this. One of my best friends, he grew up in a home uh, where his dad was actually verbally, emotionally, and even physically abusive to his family, especially to his mom. Um, And in his own words, he wrote this to me this week. He said, once I remember running downstairs to my mom screaming because my dad was assaulting her. He was leaning over the top of her screaming and spitting. I'd never seen that much hate and pain coming out of a person onto another person. Things got so bad that my mom was forced to go to a battered women's shelter. And what she says was a defining moment in her life. With all of her earthly possessions, everything that she owned in one little bag, she laid down on this small bed in that rundown shelter, broken and beaten among other broken and beaten women. It was a terribly dark and low moment in her life. But lying in that bed, surrounded by brokenness, with tears in her eyes, she prayed to God, I promise that when, not if. I love that faith. Not not if, God. I'm not making a deal with you. I know you're good. I know you're faithful. I know that this won't last forever. I know that this pain, it's very real right now, standing in the front of me, but I know you're gonna see me through it. And she said, I promise that when I get through this, I will help other broken families and I will bring hope and healing to abused women. And that was decades ago. And now if you fast forward through many years and many decades, this amazing woman that God has opened up so many amazing opportunities for her to travel all over the world, sharing her story and bringing hope and healing to broken families and abused women. I'm here to tell you, church, that God uses everything in your life, your personality, your passions, your pain to fulfill his purposes for your life. I want you to close your eyes and bow your head. And I just want you right there in this moment to ask God, God, what are you speaking to me right now? How does my Monday need to look different because of my Sunday? Just ask him, God, what does my response need to be? Maybe for some of you, a great tangible step for you to take today is to start the growth track. But maybe you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus. And like I said earlier, you will never discover your purpose apart from Jesus. So today, if your relationship with God is not where it needs to be, maybe you've maybe never made the decision to follow Jesus. Maybe you're brand new to this whole church and God and thing, and you've been kind of kicking the tires for a few weeks. Or maybe you grew up in church and you one time in your life made a decision to follow Jesus, but you've gone off and you've done your own thing and you've lived life your own way. And right now, you know, my relationship with God is not what it needs to be. If you're here 
and you would say, today, I want to make the decision like 66 people have made so far in our church. And, and count me in. I want to make that decision today. If that's you, with every eye closed and this moment of privacy, I would love if you just slipped your hand in the air, just so, as a sign of faith, saying, yes, I would love to make that decision. If that's you, just raise your hand. That's you. I want to make that decision. I want to make a decision to follow Jesus. I see that hand. That's awesome. That's great. That's great. That's great. I'm proud of you. That's awesome. So awesome. Church, let's just pray this. And um, if you raise your hand, I would just encourage you just to pray this in your heart right here in this moment. God, we thank you for loving me. And we thank you for Jesus. And we thank you for the cross. And we thank you for defeating death for me. And today, I say I'm sorry. I repent for my sin. And God, we take steps towards you. God, I invite you into my, my heart, my life, my entire life. I give you my entire life. And today, I just want to come back home to you. And from this moment on, God, this is a defining moment of my life. God, from this moment on, I'm going to follow you with everything that I have for the rest of my life. I'm all in. And God, I thank you so much that you put inside of each and every one of us purpose. And God, I just pray that there was something stirred up, that your Holy Spirit stirred up on the inside of us purpose to know it, that, to believe it. God, that there may be somebody here that just walked in believing, I don't have a purpose. I don't know what it is. And I don't even know if I believe I have one. God, I pray right now that you would speak to them right now and say, I made you. That there's people that are maybe in this room that have contemplated thinking about certain things or doing something drastic because of they don't believe they have purpose. God, right now, I speak against every lie of the enemy that would, that would tell somebody that. And God, I speak life and purpose over each and every person. And God, I pray that you stir up inside of us this passion and, and a desire to know our purpose. God, we thank you for what you've done in here. Thank you for every person that made a decision to follow you today. We celebrate that. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at Queen City People. 